0: Right now we're going to check out what's going on with Von Palmer this morning. Hi, Vaughn. Good morning, Timmy. Okay, now you have a very special gift that I understand you received yesterday, and you're pretty excited about this gift.
1: I, I am very excited, and I know the listener is going to go, oh, yeah, you guys in the press gallery, cabinet ministers give you stuff all the time, right? Agriculture minister... Lana Popham dropped by the press gallery yesterday. I wasn't there, but she had a present for me, so she left it with my colleague, Rob Shaw of Czech TV. And what it is, is my very own murder hornet.
0: (laughs) I love the picture that you sent me, too, because this is a big sucker.
1: Dead, preserved under plastic, and yes, to further disturb me, the minister included a regular wasp. Alongside it. And the size comparison is fairly dramatic. It's a little like a Great Dane alongside a Chihuahua. I knew these things were big and scary, but I looked at this thing. Uh, Shaw's reaction, very, very funny. He said he'd, he'd look after it for me until I returned to the press gallery. He said he, he left it on his desk for a while and then he found it was so disturbing that <laughs> he, he put it away in a drawer for when I come back. So I texted the minister to thank her very much. I said, I am deeply honored and amused. And she texted back to say, uh, they think they have the murder hornet situation under control. And her staff keeps sending her dead ones. And she had so many of them that she could only think of one person who oh, would appreciate sweet. one of the, <laughs> Who says this isn't a heartfelt and caring government? I ask you. Uh, this is going to be one of the great souvenirs. Now, Simi, I haven't seen it in person. I've only seen the picture that I sent you. Feel free to post it on the NW website if you want to alarm your listeners. That thing was big. Um, But uh, I don't know what my reaction is going to be when I actually see the thing. I may think. (laughs) Anyway, there we go.
0: (laughs) Oh, I can't wait. I'd like to be there in person when you see it for the first time, actually, to see when. I'll catch you, too, if you fall. Not a problem there. Uh, Let's talk about what else is going on. Today is going to be a significant day, Vaughn, because we've got this briefing happening. What's going to happen?
1: Well, it's the first briefing we've had in a while. Uh, We're going to get. Uh, an update on uh, the text uh, technical briefing and that'll lay out where they think this thing is headed so that's important Uh, we'll get uh, the first time uh, Adrian Dix and Dr. Bonnie Henry been available to ask questions uh, to be answering them Uh, we'll get that I I assume we're going to get an update uh, from Dix Uh, we got a bit of a one yesterday on the situation with the premier And I think the question of the day is, will they finally admit that we're into the sixth wave? The record shows, if you go back over uh, the last two years, uh, Dr. Henry and Adrian Dix have been reluctant to acknowledge the waves as they swept over us. They've been late pretty much every time. Uh, other places say this is the sixth wave. I think psychologically it matters, um, you know, and that's really the issue. But yesterday, Dix was asked, he didn't go for it. We'll see what they say today.
0: Okay, so that's coming. Plus, so let's talk about the, the premier two testing positive.
1: Yes, so Premier John Horgan posted yesterday that he tested positive, mild symptoms. I gather he has a dry cough and the sniffles. Uh, Dick said he spent um, almost an hour briefing the Premier yesterday by phone. The Premier's working from home. And Dick said the Premier was focused and you know, alert and mild symptoms and all that. Uh, Horgan has been masking. He told us even when the mask mandate was lifted that because... Uh, cancer survivor, 36 radiation treatments earlier this year, that he would be taking precautions indoors and outdoors. And uh, the photographic record shows that. But he's been busy, too. He's had a lot of contact. And Dick said, look, even with precautions, uh, you can get COVID-19. It's very communicable these days. Dick's also said, and the premier says this as well, premier's fully vaccinated, which greatly increases your chances of getting only a mild case. Let's hope it stays that way.
0: Yes, let's do that, because he's got a lot of work to do, still very busy out there, because it sounds like he's going to also have to call another by-election.
1: Yes, so uh, we just got the by-election on Saturday to fill the vacancy where Andrew Wilkinson has stepped down, and Kevin Falcon is going to be seeking a seat in the House, and the Premier called that one fairly quickly, just six weeks after the vacancy was created. And then yesterday, Stephanie Cadu, a longtime MLA for one of the Surrey ridings for the Liberals, advised her colleagues that she will be, resigning as MLA for Surrey South come the end of April. She is taking a new job. It's a federal government job, an interesting one, an important one. Uh, This will be Canada's chief accessibility officer. So uh, the job is essentially kind of a watchdog advisory position on accessibility. So uh, Kaju is uh, herself in a wheelchair, and she's been uh, provincial cabinet minister and uh, an mLA since uh, two thousand and nine. one of the I think one of the most widely admired and liked members of the legislature. she's not been a shrill partisan the uh, The feedback from all parties and uh, everyone yesterday was very encouraging and this would be an important job. It's the first time Canada has had someone really out there official to raise this issue, dramatize it, make a point about it. I mean, we've had private citizens who've done this before, but this will be a government official, okay. and you do have to listen carefully to them. So I think she can she can do a lot of good there and raise a lot of profile on the issue.
0: Was it a surprise, would you say? Yeah,
1: it was. I had no idea that uh, Kaju was, was thinking of retiring, but of course, this isn't a retirement. Uh, she well, uh, we assumed that you know she'd be a key member of Kevin Falcon's team if he wins the by-election running for the next election she's had a fairly high profile in question period for the liberals but i think this is the kind of job where you go hey i could really make a difference here and she's a great choice for it so uh, on she goes mm-hmm. uh, there'll have to be a by-election there we'll see if the premier acts within 6 weeks to call the by-election in Surrey South. That seat was very competitive in the last provincial election. As you know, the Mm -hmm. uh, New Democrats took most of the seats in Surrey. They came within less than five percentage points of the popular vote of taking South Surrey. So... That'll be competitive, and, you know, the New Democrats, uh, they don't have any illusions about their chances in Colchana, but I think in South Surrey they'll be going, hey, we might be able to steal this seat from the Liberals, so it really matters who the Liberals pick as their candidate.
0: We shall see. Okay, and very quickly, uh, any update on the BCGEU and government talks?
1: Yeah, you know, uh, they're back at the table today, and the uh, union advised its members that they're expecting the government to make a new monetary offer today they've been told by the government team that uh, we've been authorized to offer you more money uh, that is an interesting development you will remember simi that last month the union put the talks on hold because they said the government's offer was so inadequate it wasn't worth talking about the government team said, well this is the best we can offer we've been authorized and the union's bargaining committee said yeah we'll go back and talk to cabinet and get us a better offer It looks like that's what's happened. The government is uh, back at the table today with an offer. The union is looking for cost of living protection against inflation. And they said the government's first offer, the one they got last month, there was a massive chasm between the two sides. So these are tough talks. They will set the pattern for all public sector bargaining this year. So all of the public sector unions, nurses, nurses, doctors, teachers, everyone is looking at this to see what the G.E.U. gets, because at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, that's probably what they'll get as well.